It's Latopia Daily, the web's first daily bulletin about writing and publishing. And now, here's Peter Cox. It's Wednesday, and the entire United Kingdom appears to be closed. Certainly, publishing is closed for the duration. Um, I won't get any phone calls returned today, and I, I very much doubt whether anyone will be picking up their phone. The reason? Well, it's the same reason that I had lunch today booked with a client, and she phoned up yesterday to cancel lunch because she's managed to get hold of that rarest commodity in the UK at the moment, tickets to Centre Court, Wimbledon, where Andy Murray, the great white hope of British tennis, he's a Scot, is playing in the quarterfinals. So the very best of luck to him. Now let's catch up with today in writing history from that other great Scot, Eve Harvey. On this day, 2nd of July, in 1961, Ernest Miller Hemingway, Pulitzer Prize winner and Nobel laureate, died at the age of 61. Barack Obama revealed only this week that his Desert Island book is For Whom the Bell Tolls, a choice he shares with his rival John McCain. Hemingway's writing was spare and understated, and it had a significant influence on the fiction of the 20th century. Hemingway allegedly came up with the touching epigram, For sale, baby shoes, never worn, when asked to write a story in six words. But his most important legacy for writers the world over are the quotations he left behind. Today, take inspiration from The writer's job is not to judge, but to seek to understand. Or, there's nothing to writing. All you do is sit down at a typewriter and bleed. And my favourite, the first draft of anything is shit. That's it. More tomorrow. I can't, I can't believe you said that. Oh, what a great quote. Uh, I've got a blind spot as far as Hemingway is concerned, actually. I, I really don't think he's as great as many people think he is. But um, oh, if you've got views on it, why don't you leave us a comment in our drop inbox? Uh, the address is on the website. Now here's the news from Donna. Thanks, Peter. Talking about this headline might just get us sued. Apparently, a book called Alms for Jihad, originally published in Britain by Cambridge University Press, has been pulled off the shelves, out of libraries, and pulped, based on a lawsuit threat. The allegation in the book is that a sheik uses his charity to fund terrorism. I won't mention his name because I don't want to get sued. But Cambridge University Press asked U.S. libraries to return it and offered to pay. The Free Republic reports that the American Library Association's Office for Intellectual Freedom has stood their ground and is recommending that libraries keep this book. So instead, libraries here are safeguarding it. It's actually on hold at their reserve desks because people are stealing it. It's extremely rare. The authors, Robert Collins and J. Millard Barr, are negotiating for a rights reversion because U.S. publishers want to pick it up here. The problem is that there are key differences between British libel law and U.S. The burden of proof in Britain is on the defendant to show the truth. The plaintiff has to prove nothing because the allegations are presumed false. There's no need to prove malice or reckless indifference. There is really no balance between free speech and the right not to have your reputation damaged in Britain. Here you would have to show malice, reckless disregard, and the burden of proof would always be on the plaintiff. This isn't the first book to be pulled off British shelves based on Saudi threats. 
House of Bush, House of Saud, was a bestseller everywhere but there. And this guy had four books pulled off the shelves about him with these same allegations. He also, he's also sued the Mail and at least two others to stop stories about him. Yet, in 2001, the U.S. Treasury Department described a charity he ran as, quote, an al-Qaeda front that receives funding from wealthy Saudi businessmen. This gentleman's lawyers deny forum shopping, yet you don't see them going after publishers and newspapers here. The publisher of Alms for Jihad has actually sent this character a letter of apology the ones they owe the apology to are their authors and you, not me. I'll read it in the library here. If I were living there, I think I would be fighting like heck to change these laws. I would be demanding that lawmakers take a stand for free speech, doing petitions and protests, voting, making campaign contributions, doing whatever it takes to peacefully change things because the ability to effectuate peaceful change is what separates us from the terrorists. Fortunately, this rant was recorded in the good old USA where I'm allowed to say all this. Peter, I'm afraid my exercise of free speech took up room for all the other headlines. Links to this and other stories can be found on The Right Report. I hope our listeners have a wonderful Writing Wednesday. Thank you very much, Donna. Links to all the stories that Donna covers here, and indeed more, uh, can be found on her blog, rightreport.blogspot.com. And a link to that, of course, can be found on our show notes, which is podcast.litopia.com. I'm going to turn the television on and watch Wimbledon. We'll catch up with you again tomorrow. Catch Litopia Daily five days a week from www.litopia.com.